Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted. From Packers.com, I am Mike Spofford, joined by my partner in crime, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, getting ready for a Sunday noon kickoff at Lambeau Field. A rarity, Wes, a noon kickoff at Lambeau. The New York Jets visiting Green Bay to take on the Packers. The Jets coming to Lambeau for the first time in eight years. 2014 was the last time. We saw the New York Jets here. And when I look at this team, it's a team that under Robert Sala is is starting to build some momentum, gain some confidence. Robert Sala is trying to pull the pull the Jets as an organization out of uh, you know, sort of an extended period of doldrums here. Um, some really rough times in in recent years. And uh, they've got a young running back by the name of Brees Hall out of Iowa State. And uh, I tell you what, this looks like uh, about as pure a dual threat running back in terms of running the ball and catching passes uh, for a young player that uh, um, he, he's making that offense go. Well, and certainly you look at the plays he made in that win over Miami, um, that wheel route, he comes free down the sideline, 79 yards, comes a yard short of a, a touchdown on it. <laughs> Uh, just a salty, salty group. I mean, that that's when I looked at this matchup. These uncommon opponents are always difficult, Mike, because you don't really, I mean, like truly, we don't really talk a lot about, you know, the AFC East, AFC North. Yeah, I mean, I haven't areas. sat and watched like the New York Jets play yeah. a football game. You know, I mean, usually if I, you know, if I have a chance to watch a game that's not, uh, uh, you know, that's obviously not the Packers. I'm trying to either watch somebody from the NFC North or somebody yep. else in the NFC. So we just don't see these teams. But it does look, when you look on paper, when you watch that game last week, it looks like they are finally making that change. You know, with Michael LaFleur as the offensive coordinator, they ran M- Michael Carter a lot earlier in the season. It seems like that scale's starting to tip more now towards Hall, that, who is, I believe, the top drafted running back in this year's draft. Very dynamic player. And second round pick, I believe. Second round pick, I believe it was 36th overall. Yeah. You look at the way they are structured offensively. They had the issue, the injury with Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco had to step in for a few weeks. Wilson is now back behind the controls. And Mike, honestly, I look at how they are configured offensively. They have threats uh, really everywhere. Garrett Wilson got off to a fine start, has been a consistent performer for them. Their leading receiver, the 10th pick in this year's draft. Uh, you know, a lot of dangerous type of receivers that Green Bay is going to have to deal with at a plethora of different positions. So, uh, I, as I said, this is a game that you cannot take for granted because I think the Jets being at 3-2 and two 
the momentum has turned. You and I watched those training camp practices last year against the Jets, and there definitely seemed to be kind of a dearth of talent at that point in time. Yeah, their, their, ro- the dr- their roster last year when they came to Green Bay for the joint practices versus what Robert Sala has to uh, has on his yeah. roster this year. It's like night and day. But, but through the draft, through trades, Corey Davis, I mean, when you look at all the talent that they've acquired now, the key thing is going to be Zach Wilson and where he is at in year two of his development, but he has no shortage of weapons to turn to. There's a lot of intriguing players with this Jets roster. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Hall and Carter, the two guys in the backfield. Um, Pass-catching-wise, they have six different players, mixture, obviously, backs, tight ends, receivers, six different players who have at least 16 receptions through the first five games of the season. So whether it's been Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, they haven't had any problems spreading the ball around in that regard. Defensively, two statistics jump out at me the most. First is the interceptions in the secondary. They have seven interceptions on the season, which is just one off of the league lead. Eight is the most that any team in the NFL has through the first five weeks. But not only the seven interceptions, but six different guys have at least one interception. They have one guy with two and and five other guys with one. And then as far as that pass rush up front, and I mentioned this in in our Three Things video, which we shot shortly before we turned on the cameras here for Unscripted, the last three games, this pass rush for the Jets has piled up 32 quarterback hits. Now, for the season, they have just 10 sacks. Yeah. But when you look a little bit further into the numbers, that, that it's kind of misleading because 32 quarterback hits over the last three games, 16 of them last week against the Miami Dolphins. And, yes, the Dolphins were dealing with the injuries, backup quarterbacks, and all of that. Um, but 16 quarterback hits in one game, seven of them from Carl Lawson all by himself. This is, this is a pass rush that even if they're not piling up a bunch of sacks, they can make life difficult for uh, opposing quarterbacks, and, and pass protection is going to be a big key to this game for Green Bay. The best coaches, I'm talking about position schematic in the league, and even in college, you see that jump in year two. Uh, you're seeing it with Lance Leopold right now at Kansas, right? Guys that just mesh what they have with a few new pieces, and then then you start seeing the culture change, the chemistry come. And I think that's what you've seen in year two here with Robert Sala. His defenses, when you go back to his time in San Francisco, um, they were almost without equal. And it's funny that all it took was one year to start seeing the same thing from this unit. 41 quarterback hits this season. Yes, only 10 sacks, but 41 quarterback hits. We listened to... Uh, Packers passing game coordinator slash defensive backs coach, cornerbacks coach Jerry Gray on Wednesday night talking about how you, you know, the good defense is marrying up the pass rush with the coverage. Yeah. 41 quarterback pressures, Mike, seven interceptions right now on the season, an 81 opposing quarterback passer rating. Yes, it might not just be about getting the sacks, but seeing where that shows up in other areas for the Jets has been very important. They also probably have one of my favorite inside linebackers in the National Football League and C.J. Mosley. I thought that was a really savvy acquisition for them a couple years ago. Uh, Again, you look at their roster, there's not a whole lot of household names, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but as a unit, by and large, they're kind of playing to that Robert Sala standard. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, when you look at what this the Jets team has done to get to 3-2 and two at this point, what jumps out at me, the two road victories at Cleveland and at Pittsburgh. And I know those are two teams that you know have had some struggles and some ups and downs. But the Jets were down double digits in the fourth quarter of both of those road games. They, it, the, the comeback against Cleveland was borderline miraculous with, an, with the onside kick and then Flacco yep. leading another touchdown drive after uh, before the onside kick they had hit a big, I think it was a 75-yard touchdown pass or something like that. Then a couple weeks later, they're in Pittsburgh, and they're down a couple scores in the fourth quarter, and they, and, and, uh, and they rallied and pulled it out. If the Packers, you know, if things go really well for the Packers for three, three and a half quarters and Green Bay has a a 13-point lead with seven or eight minutes to go, this Jets team is going to feel like they're, you know, hey, it's still anybody's game because that's the way they've they've played this year. They are not – you're going to have to get – you're going to have to get a three-score lead on these guys in the fourth quarter. Um, before you might start to break their spirit a little bit, because they've proven they can come back on the road. They're they are they're not they're not intimidated, and uh, the, the way they played these comebacks on the road, they sort of have played with nothing to lose. Yep. And and uh, um, the Packers are going to have to be ready um, again, unless unless Green Bay can get up like 20 points on them or something like that. The Packers are going to have to be ready to play 60 minutes again, which has been. The biggest issue for this Packers team is putting together a full 60 minutes to put somebody away. Yeah, because last week they start so fast. Other weeks it's been kind of a slow start, and they've come together in the second half. Right. It is about stitching those four quarters together. The the two areas that I look at this matchup for Green Bay that are going to be essential, the first one is basically just taking last week's what we appeared to be the keys to victory and honestly just putting them through the Xerox and, and restarting the whole process much better receivers, much better weapons, as I said, that Wilson's going to have. But you have to get after Zach Wilson. Uh, still, two starts he's had, only one touchdown against two interceptions. He's been sacked three times. Joe Flacco was sacked nine times before that, 12 sacks on the season. This is a big moment for Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. You look at the left tackle situation, they lost uh, Becton right at the beginning of right. the season. Dwayne right. Brown is signed. He injures his shoulder immediately, so then he's out. Now he's back. You have to be able to, to get some opportunities there. The secondary for Green Bay, we've talked about the dearth of interceptions, the lack of interceptions so far. Jair Alexander's only one right now uh, from week two off of Justin Fields. You have to find ways to turn over football. I feel like this is a good opponent. 
But in order to do that, it goes back to Hall. It goes back to making sure that Michael Carter doesn't get going. You have to be able to stop the run. If you accomplish those two things and allow your offense to, to manage this game, maybe get the running game going more, it is a very winnable game. But if you don't check those boxes, I look at the Jets a lot like I look the, like at the Giants. I mean, it is a team on the come up that doesn't have anything to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked on our last show about how, you know, we'll be watching from the press box defensively for the Packers to try to see is that is that pre-snap urgency, that efficiency to get to get to your spots, to study the formation and what the offense is doing and then and then to be able to react and not uh, um react and potentially attack not uh, not to be that half step slow because you didn't quite you know get to your spot just in time or you're trying to make a last second adjustment but then the ball is snapped because that adjustment should have been made two or three seconds prior to that so all of those things will be interesting to watch with regard to the Packers defense getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Offensively, I feel like, I feel like from a key to victory standpoint, it's the same conversation that we had after the loss to Minnesota when the Packers are coming back home and we're going to face the Chicago Bears. And we talked about the offense getting back to working through the running backs, through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, however, however, whatever it takes to get them, to get them the ball in whatever, fa- in whatever fashion you want to get them to. But I think if this, if this offense does what it did against Chicago back in Week 2, and resets and really works through those two running backs, 33 and 28. This you're you're back at home. This is this is another opportunity to 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 go through that reset with the offense and get back to what you do best. And that's what I expect the Packers to do on Sunday. I agree. And for Green Bay, it, it does go back to can you perform in a balanced way for 60 minutes, being able to control the tempo of a game. Matt LaFleur, that has been the hallmark for the last three years, allowing your offense to find itself and to build off that momentum and sustaining it. There has been issues as far as coming out of the gates, finding that, capturing it, but if you're able to actually carry that through, more times than not, the Packers have been a really good second-half team. You look at the Jets, on the other hand. The Jets, there is a huge disparity in the second half for the Jets. They have three points in the third quarter this year. They have 58 in the fourth. Right, right. They have come on in a lot of different ways. Now, that probably indicates a lot of playing from behind, but it also shows you it's a game team that is not giving up on itself. I I think I look at this Packers offense. If you're able to get the two backs going, I'm not going to say the 25-touch stat anymore, but – being able to make sure that the ball gets in those guys' hands and building off of that. That's what Aaron Rodgers was kind of talking about too. One thing Green Bay has really not been able to establish through the first five games is allowing the big plays, explosive plays to happen based on the constructs of the offense. Not yeah. from extending a play, not right. from a, a coverage breakdown, but literally being able to to meld some of those things together. And I believe that's going to be the key in this one. Because again, if you allow that defensive front to get pressure onto Rodgers if you allow them to, to be able to get a couple takeaways the minus three on the season is not 
It's not a mirage. That's what Green Bay is right now, and it's one of the reasons why they've had a hard time winning these games early on. Yeah, I mean, uh, really, for on both sides of the ball for the Packers, it's about it's about establishing a certain level of play. We hear the players talk about, on both sides of the ball, talk about the standard. And it's about being able to play. I mean, nobody's going to play the, the perfect game or the perfectly consistent game, but it's about being able to play to that standard, not just for, you know, seven out of 11 possessions, but maybe more like nine or 10 out of 11 possessions, yeah. right? Um, and, uh, and, and to be able to reach that standard uh, more often and on, on a more consistent basis. A little bit of sponsor business here for you, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, Golden fries and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, one last thing for you. Anything else on in the keys to victory category that you want to touch on before we move on to other games around the NFL in week six? Yeah, I feel like it's also, you talked about the noon game, right? You, you talked about the normalcy that Green Bay is going to kind of feel here. I won't even mention the fact that you and I are going to have omelets on Sunday morning. I'm very oh, excited about that. Omelets. It's been three years, bro. I know. Like, I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the bigger issue, I think, for Green Bay is going to be getting back on its own clock. I, I feel like if you're able to win this, it's a really difficult stretch coming up for Green Bay. You're going on the road for three straight games. You come back home. You're taking on a Dallas Cowboys team that has been really outperforming, I think, what people's expectations were for them after this Dak Prescott interview or interview injury. Yeah. Um, and maybe also the interview. But um, I know what you and mean. And then also the Tennessee Titans. The, the Packers have eight games here before we're talking about a, a bye. Right. Yeah. So still, it's still a it's still a long stretch before uh, before the players really get to rest and recuperate. But I, I do look at this as an opportunity because Green Bay, for the most part, actually got out of London in pretty okay shape. You got to make sure Aaron Rodgers' thumbs chill. You got to make sure that that's okay. You do have the hamstring injury of Christian Watson, but otherwise, I think there was like five or six guys on the injury report, which is great. Mm-hmm. for Green Bay's standpoint. So if you're able to pick up this win, if you're able to get your body clocks back set before you hit the road for Washington, which is a game Green Bay should be heavily favored in, I feel like that's going to be sort of the thing that catapults you into the second half of the season. But you need to get you need to take care of business on Sunday against the Jets in order to do that. Yeah, it's an interesting stretch here coming up for the Packers, and I know it's all about the Jets on Sunday, but Three of the next four games are noon kickoffs, which is which is not the norm for no. this team. I mean, the Packers are almost always playing at you know three twenty-five and and seven thirty and you know Monday nights and all that kind of stuff. Three of the next four are noon Central Time kickoffs with the uh, the pr- the one primetime game at Buffalo mixed in here over the next month. So uh, um, be interesting to see just uh, how the how the team handles that. As far as Sunday goes, week six in the NFL, two games in the early window that will be going on at the same time as Packers-Jets that I think are are worth talking about briefly. Minnesota is heading down to Miami. Obviously, Packers fans will have their eye on that. The Vikings at 4-1 and one, sitting on top of the NFC North right now. And then Baltimore at the New York Giants, a, an uh, AFC versus NFC matchup there. The Giants coming off of, um, you know, the, the biggest win for you know so far for Brian Dable as the new head coach beating the Packers over in London 
and uh, and Baltimore coming off of uh, you know last second walk off field goal by Justin Tucker to beat the defending AFC champ Cincinnati Bengals. I saw something, and I apologize, I can't remember the stat exactly, but I saw something about how it's been some ridiculous amount of time since my since Minnesota won a game in Miami. Oh really? Like, like that they've they've been you know on some kind of drought now. Don Shula was matumboing them yeah, for many maybe years. Maybe something like that, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, Vikings, you know, kind of catching a break because it sounds it sounds like the uh, uh, the Dolphins will be down to their third string quarterback as they were no, last week. Um, I can't I can't remember his name off the top of my head. We'll just but, say it was Matt Moore. But Tua and uh, Teddy Bridgewater sounds like they are both out for for this week. And and you know the Dolphins did not were not able to put up much of a fight against the New York Jets. Um, last week, the Jets rolled up 40 points and, and beat them by three touchdowns. Um, but uh, um, Baltimore at the New York Giants, interesting in that, you know, as we talked about with the NFC East uh, on our last show, the Eagles are 5-0, and the Cowboys are 4-1, and and the Giants are 4-1. and The Cowboys and Eagles playing each other on Sunday night football the Giants playing at home against a tough Baltimore team with a chance to, to get to five and one and build on their victory over the Packers. So some uh, it, it'll it'll some some interesting things going on with that NFC East that has uh, garnered so much uh, attention here with those top three teams yeah. off to such fast starts. Uh, Skylar Thompson, by the way, is the third string That's quarterback. That's Thompson. For the I was yeah. Yeah, was I remember trying. him from Kansas State. Uh, yeah, I mean the NFC East. I mean it's been a recurring joke. I'm not going to just reiterate it. Although maybe I will. I mean the fact that they have been the division that I think everybody expected the AFC West to be, uh, just with how they've performed here early on. Yeah. Certainly, as you talked about the Giants, sort of you know shooting over everybody's at mo- very extremely modest expectations for them. Dallas, I think everybody was just waiting for them to falter after they lost Dak. And as I've continued to say, Mike, I, I just I get these vibes from Cooper Rush. He wasn't asked to do a lot last week. I'd say the the cow the Cowboys defense uh, definitely you know won that game for yeah. them against the Rams. That that Cowboys defense made Matthew Stafford's life miserable. And last that's Sunday. that's all you need in this league sometimes. I mean, it, it works out that way. And and Rush did enough to help them win that game. Philly is a team that has been you know really you know athletic versatile, deep, uh, been incredibly impressive. For me, though, even though, you know, Thompson's going to be in there, I will be interested to see what the game plan is that, you know, Mike McDonald develops for that matchup with the Vikings because there are a lot of different aspects I still feel like with the Dolphins' offense that even if you don't have necessarily your your starter or the Tua that's available, you know, Jalen Waddell – and you know Tyreek Hill can still find ways to get the ball in their hands and, yeah. and make a defense pay. Well, and we all know how how much things can change with backup quarterbacks when they get the full week of preparation with the game plan, as opposed to what happened to Skylar Thompson last week, where he was thrown into the game, uh, you know, after the first series when Teddy Bridgewater was removed. So, um, um, so you do expect Miami to. Miami to look a little different and potentially offensively look a little bit more like themselves, just because um, Thompson would be uh, would be handling, you know, the the practice reps for the full week as opposed to doing the you know cold coming in off the bench yeah. kind of thing. As I said Mike last McDonald, week. by the way, Mike McDaniel. My apologies. Yeah, um, I knew who you meant. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they didn't. <laughs> um, 
One other one that's to, to talk about, I know it's, it's an AFC matchup, so it doesn't have any direct implications on the Packers, but late Sunday afternoon after the Packer game against the Jets is finished, Buffalo at Kansas City in the AFC, and I believe this is something like the fourth time in the past 20 or 21 months, something like that, that Buffalo is playing at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs when you combine regular season yeah. and postseason matchups. Kind of crazy that they're uh, um, that they're in this. Uh, I mean, you know, Packers have been there before. Whether you're talking about San Francisco or you know these other other places where yeah, uh, where you, you it feels like you're getting sent there like every couple of months yeah. to uh, to play a game. But Buffalo at Kansas City, a very a very interesting one in uh, in the AFC, and you know. Two teams that have met in the playoffs regularly, and who knows, maybe they're headed for another playoff meeting that, as well. That stat that they had last week, and kind of like your thing earlier, I'll probably botch this a little bit, but that stat about fourth-quarter comebacks that Patrick Mahomes has had now in his career. Did oh, you yeah. see that? Like, I think he, he has, like, a winning percentage when his team is trailing by 10 or more points in the fourth quarter. Like, he thinks like 12-9 and nine or something like that. I mean, <laughs> That's crazy. Like, to be able to be that resourceful, I mean, certainly you need a defense to be able to help you out there, but... It, it speaks volumes, and, and I think, as I said last year after that playoff game, I'm like, this is going to be the Batman and Joker here of the National Football League for the next 10 years. These guys are going to continually see each other. Yeah, They're Pat both Mahomes from the same draft Josh class. Allen. They're the two best players from that draft class. Well, you, I guess you can throw the Lamar Jackson thing in there too, but they're, they're exceptional quarterbacks, and, and the teams are going to be exciting to watch. Um, again, one we won't be able to watch, but I'm sure a lot of people will be jazzed about it. And I'd be remiss, too. I mean, when you look at the NFC North, just to, to mention, you know, Chicago has a very winnable game against Washington, a Washington team that is really reeling, you know, with questions about the quarterback and whether or not Wentz is available. And even if he is, if he is the guy there, like... Yeah, Washington really struggling it, big time right now. Th those are the type of games you need to win. And if the Bears do that, they're at 500. So there are no easy layups in this league. And in Green Bay, from their perspective, this is one more reason why you need to win on Sunday. Yeah, and that's a Washington team play, playing the Bears on Thursday night football. Um, then you know, getting a little bit of a reprieve, a little bit of extra rest before the Packers go yeah. out to uh, to visit visit the nation's capital next week. But it's all about the Jets this week. The Packers, uh, Packers, they they've they've got to get this one. Four and two sure sounds a heck of a lot better than three and three, right? We're at yep. we're at that stage where you, you start to especially thinking, going into a road trip. You start to what's that? Especially going into a road trip. Yeah, absolutely. Going in going into three straight road yeah. games as we talked about coming up for the Packers. But with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and everything with Sunday's game at Lambeau Field, Packers-Jets. It's a noon central time kickoff. We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.